This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan on a shout-out Friday from the 214. Shout-out to my wife, Nancy, for being... Three months into her diagnosis with, I think it's Guillain-Barre syndrome. You remember that's yeah, what, Beret. Yeah, what uh, Travis Frederick had. And Mark Schlereth. And said, now I understand why he retired. So shout out to you and that battle, <laughs> Nancy, for sure. Quick shout out to Mavs fans uh, kind of blasting Stephen A. Smith today. Him and Brian Winhurst had kind of a debate that this young kid, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, is better than the old vet, Luka Doncic, and this kid could be better than that old guy, Luka Doncic, and they're pointing out, you know, that kid you're talking about is eight months <laughs> older than Luka Doncic. Whoops. And then 682, shout out to my brother. He's going through, oh, man, the separation, divorce after 16 years of marriage and five kids. Keep your head up, Kyle. Ooh. Best of luck to you. Absolutely, man. That Sounds is- like you got a great friend on your side. So absolutely. reach out to that dude as much as you can. And bro- that's his brother. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right. Now it's time for the C Block starring Corey Majors. Thank you very much, Kevin. Uh, I'm going to require a lot from Mike in this uh, oh, oh in God. just a moment. Because, Mike, I did ask okay. for a vote from the tw- uh, the Twitter or X, if you will. Uh, by the way, X. I Mel. haven't changed it yet, but I'm starting to. My my brain's starting to want to say X. Yeah, I've decided I'm just going to keep saying Twitter. But he said he Elon Musk said he is going to do X mail. So will you take X mail over Gmail? We'll see. No, because it just feels like a bunch uh, of dongs are never, popping up in your inbox, right? Really? Are you trying saying that because there are a lot of bots on Twitter right yeah, now? Yeah, and because you oh. call it Xmail, that feels oh, that's not true. Cool. I mean, I was AOL forever. In fact, I'm having a major issue since I've gone back to Apple because yeah. my Apple connected email is my AOL, and I can't figure out how to get it to Gmail. So that they can say you've got mail. I, I do guess. love that. Okay. Um. And yes, go ahead and text in the the meal you made your parents made that you don't make enough for your family or whatever. Um, But Mike, we're discussing this morning, the approach and with Wyatt Langford, this is where my focus really comes in because Wyatt Langford, I have no clue how he goes up to the plate and does anything. 
and neither does Tim Hires, who is the hitting coach of the Texas Rangers, who obviously did a phenomenal job because they won the damn World Series. I don't know if he looked at Evan Carter and was like, Evan, I need you to do this. Or if he goes, Evan, go up there and let's watch how you do things. And then Evan Carter's like, hey, I keep the strike zone really small, and here's how it, here's how it works. And I wonder if Tim Hires looking at is working with Wyatt Langford, and he's like, hey, on your approach, I'm just going to, like I always say about Mike Maddox, I'm just going to let him go out there, and until he screws it up, I'm not really going to mess with him that much. And, but you broke down hitting to me in a way that blew my mind. And obviously, it's higher level because you're thinking of it as a, from a pitcher's perspective too. But you, you, it, it started with when I get up to the plate, my strike zone is the size of a fist, basically. Uh, from a hitter's perspective. Yeah, from a hitter's perspective, perspective, my strike zone is small. And for every ball, the hit, the strike zone gets smaller. For every strike, I start to expand it a little bit out up and down and i just wanted if you could if you wouldn't mind kind of helping explain that a little bit more because the way that i see when i watch evan carter hit now right i'm watching his strike zone expand uh as the count goes on but he still forces pitchers to pitch to where he wants yeah. because of the, how patient he is specifically i'd say evan carter keeps his zone small he seems to not have a problem and kevin you did point this out i don't know if he's going to change this or not through yeah. time he seems to not mind taking strike three, yes. too, because he's like, I wasn't probably looking for that pitch or I wasn't going to hit it hard. I'll just walk back to the to the you know dugout because he threw a good pitch and I still wasn't going to swing at that, which then means he rarely chases, you know, because you feel like as a pitcher, I'll just take pitcher's perspective now, is that if I can get ahead in the count, that's why that first pitch is so important to throw strike one because now, like Jamie Moyer was talking about, Maybe I can expand a little off the plate because I just hit, let's say, the the last third of the outside corner. Well, now that hitter in his mind is going, okay, is he going to repeat that? Maybe I should look for that. And then the pitcher in the mind game of expansion and contraction of your zones and what you're looking for, you're going to try to expand and see if he'll expand even more with you. I was having a good time sitting with my father yesterday, and he was talking about Fergie Jenkins, how when you're great, also the umpire might give you a little bit of leeway. Yeah. So I throw the ball in the corner. Now I throw the ball two inches off, and I'm Ferguson Jenkins, or I'm Greg Maddox, and they're yeah. like, strike two, you know? And it just, well, sometimes it matters who you are on how the umpire calls balls and strikes. But with Wyatt Lankford, now back to yeah. the original point, is – I think as a hitting coach, and then I think you've pointed this out with Mike Maddox, is you kind of let the guy do what they do. Yeah. And then from there, you work on the success or the failure from there. If there's a lot of success, you're just like, I just watch him hit. What? <laughs> yeah. what a, I don't know. He just, every time he goes up there, he's hitting the ball hard. He's hitting home runs. I, you know, there's not really much to do here except just make sure he gets in his work and feels confident and comfortable at the plate. And I'm giving him the scouting report. This is what this pitcher likes to do. But if there's failure, I'm just going to use now Ezekiel Duran as the season went along last year and he, he started. He expanded his zone from the from right. the from the get he would swing at things that he shouldn't have been. So now you start having to try to change an approach at the plate. What are you looking you know, that you start asking him more questions. Hey, Ezekiel or Wyatt, after a while, what are you looking for on the first pitch? Are you just looking for fastballs? Are you looking for zones? You know, some guys are different. They're just looking for, I want a fastball 
in this area. And some guys, I don't mind if it's a fastball or a breaking ball. I just want it in this area. Yeah. I think that hitting coach probably has a decent idea of what his answer will be when you ask that probably question. Probably so, yeah. Because okay. he's watching his film and yeah. breaking them down because he wants, he's like, because in his mind, he's not going to tell them. I think this is, as a coach, I try to do this even with kids. I don't want to tell him what the answer is before I want to know what he thinks the answer is. Right. And he might get it right. I'm like, good, we're on the same page. But if we're on a different page, I'm like, ooh, okay. Then I might say as an adult to an adult, oh, I see it different. When I'm watching you, this is what it looks like to me. But your your mind, your thought process isn't what I'm seeing you do. Yeah. And that was when you explained that a little bit. And you used Piazza as a really good example back then uh, during the run to the World Series. And I started, that's where I kind of came up with the other part of this question is, does Tim Hires just have an overall philosophy and everybody kind of falls into that? Well, then you take individual players and obviously they're different. Adolis, he was going way out of the zone on a lot of times. Especially after he got hit by that pitch. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, he finds the right pitch and sends it. You know, Corey Seager goes up to the plate and Corey Seager is like, I'm going to hit the first two pitches. And if I don't hit the first two pitches... Well, I mean, I'm probably going to hit the third one, too. But he's swinging. Like, that right. dude's approach is, they're trying to get ahead of me. They're trying to throw strikes to me. I'm going to hit strikes, even if it's an off-speed pitch, because I have hands that are fast, and I know I have power. So he knows he can do that. To your point, the total opposite when we were kids, Julio Franco never swung at the first pitch. I think you could just – I think you could underhand and it and put it on still, a tee. Yeah, I think about that all the time whenever – whatever your scouting report is, and I was like, I don't know, I've seen this person hit like 700 times – they don't swing at the first pitch, so you could you can do whatever you want. Throw it right down Main Street. They ain't swinging until that son of a gun Julio Franco with a runner on second <laughs> and two oh, outs. No! You throw a fastball four seamer right down the middle, and he hits a double in the gap, and you're like, I'm a dumbass. Yeah, and that's and and it's and that's where that that like that five <laughs> to ten percent. So you knew like with Julio, yeah. even though he's like 49 years old when I faced him, and I I think he got a hit <laughs> off of me. I think is. You knew the the scouting report was he's going to take the first pitch almost every time nobody is on base or or the runner is on first base. But if there's a runner in scoring position, there's a small percentage chance, like 10%, that he'll swing at the first pitch. And it would be like if you threw it down the middle, yeah. he's going to swing because there's an RBI opportunity. And so he'll be a little bit more aggressive, but still very patient. And those guys like Julio Franco, maybe Evan Carter – they could care less if they get to two strikes. They still feel confident and comfortable even in a count where they're not in oh, a favorable yeah, like count. A bell tray, yeah, for sure. And that's that's where it came to as I was watching the playoff run, thanks to the, what I learned from Mike, I was watching it differently. And I felt I was happier knowing that I was watching and, and trying to understand pitch, pitch sequencing yeah. from the pitcher's perspective, but also why did he not swing at that? Why did he swing at that? He was expecting certain things. So that made it a lot of fun. So this year, if you're Tolo out there and you just kind of look at it, the batter's perspective, the Evan Carters, the the Jonah Himes, not all of them do it exactly the same. Some of them take a, a risk here and there, but the Evan Carter patience starts with, He's giving you a very small space to give him a strike to start the count. Mm -hmm. And then from there, he'll either expand it or even make it tighter for you. And now as a pitcher, you're struggling trying to get this kid out and you're trying to learn more about him and he's not giving you much. So to your point, just watching kids don't have an approach. There's swing at strikes. Don't swing at balls. Right. Exactly. And and it's it's it gets more defined the higher level up you get. 
But I watch lefties pitch in high school, and I didn't realize what an advantage I have until I'm a dad watching in the stands. Right-handed hitters against left-handed pitchers in high school, they try to pull everything. They're not used to a left-hander, and they don't realize, even though the ball is away from them and it looks like it's coming in, as long as you stay behind the ball as a pitcher, the ball will then move back to my left side away to a right-hander. It's almost impossible to pull that pitch, but every hitter, you see them yank that shoulder, front shoulder out, and then try to pull that pitch. And it's like, you can't do it. You got to think, and this is a, this is a a basic approach for a high school kid. If you're facing a left-handed pitcher, you got to think I'm hitting the ball like a hard line drive at the second baseman. If you think that, you have a chance to hit his two-seam fastball or his fastball away. If you think he's going to eventually throw a ball inside and I'm going to pull it, the problem is if he throws fastballs and change-ups and curveballs on the outer half of the plate or just a curveball down the middle, you're never going to hit the ball. You will strike out every time. But it's just really tough until you get a lot of at-bats against a left-hander to realize, dang, the ball's usually not going to move into me. It's usually going to look like that and then be away. It's going to start moving away from me in the end. And against a right-hander, Corey, because you played high school baseball, yeah. it looks like it's moving away from you, but the ball then starts fading back into the into your bat instead of away from your bat, unless it's a slider. And I, I, I was around Christmas time at Adrian's company Christmas party. There's a guy who runs a, a youth um, – baseball instructional academy out okay. there school out there near arlington about a mile from the stadium a mansky i'm gonna have to go Tom? back to give, I, I don't know i'll have to give Throw you the, the trash can. Can. she's gonna like it too he were, he and i were hanging that's out and talking and that's that's all he could talk about was how the the way that the rangers approached during you know the plate the way that they approached their at bats and how those are the things he's trying to teach his kids. And it takes time to grow to learn that level. Uh, but he also said as he listens, he loves the show. And he was like, Mike gives a great, like, great yeah. knowledge every single day when he starts talking baseball. To a hitting coach, they're going to have almost all of them. Almost all are going to have the same basic approach, even in the major leagues, right? But then those guys, if you have good hitting coaches, they're really good at going, hey, Evan Carter. This is what you're really good at. This is what you struggle at. We'll work on our weakness, but let's not work on our weakness so much that we're trying to make that our strength. Your strength is this. Our weakness is this. Mike Piazza's weakness was fastballs inside. And he just said, if you throw the ball on the inner part of the plate, like and you're hitting that corner three times in a row inside, I'm just gonna walk back to I'm gonna walk back to the dugout and be like, you struck me out. You can strike me out every time. But his bet is you're gonna miss inside for a ball. Or that ball that you want inside is going to miss more to the middle of the plate. So I'm giving I'm you that, that one out. to make sure when you throw the ball on the outer half of the plate, I'm on you. But if you can – and he he didn't care. He's like, I don't care if everybody knows it. Everybody do- – I'm not stupid enough to think nobody has a scouting report on me. <laughs> I know what the scouting report is on me. I just got to be consistent. I just got to make sure that when you miss, when you miss, I'm taking it anyways. When you miss, it's inside – one and oh advantage me yeah when you miss in the middle i'm crushing but if you can't hit that kind of 
a third or a fourth of the plate on that inner half, Mike Piazza is like, I'm going to lose. Yeah. But I'm but betting, I'm betting in this it. at bat, you're going to miss middle or you're going to try to go away, and that's where I want the ball. Kevin, last night I made chili dogs. Now, growing up, Ooh. every two weeks or so we would have chili dogs and then obviously make a Frito pie at the end, so that's a different story. But last night I, I asked Lucy, I said, hey, Lucy, do you want chili dogs for dinner? Adrian does not like chili dogs. She was gone. She was doing some work last night, so I was like, I, I got dinner for the kids. Lucy was like, yes. I said, Lucy, have you ever had chili dogs? She said, no, what is it? And I was like, she already said, yes, she wanted it. But then she also said, no, I don't know what it is, but what is it? And I told her, and she goes, that sounds fun. I said, okay. I told Carter, I said, I'm making chili dogs tonight. And he said, yes. And I was like, awesome. I told Avery, and he said, can you make me a salad? He ended up having to work. So he never even ate at home. He ended up going to work at his business. Everybody loved the chili dogs. I got Wolf Brand chili to put on top. I got some shredded cheese to go on there. Chopped up some onions. Do your kids like raw onion? They do not. They did not eat those, but yeah. I was perfectly fine with it. Got some jalapenos to go with it and some uh, dill pickle relish. I know that's the way that I rock it. And the kids loved it. And I was like, man, I need to add this back into the rotation yeah. because my we used to do this all the time. It was one of the great things that I loved as a kid. I just don't do it anymore because obviously there's lots of reasons. Like this morning when I woke up. Did you buy Fritos with it? I did buy Fritos. We did Frito pie after. I want you to be my dad. (laughs) (laughs) That's the way that that I grew up. That's what we grew up on. That's a great meal. Yeah, it was awesome. A chili dog. Yeah, and some Fritos. With all the fixings and Fritos on the side. You give me a big red and we got a meal. Yeah, man. And it went awesome. So I think I'm going to add that again this morning. I paid a little bit uh, for for the chili dogs. Like I don't think I I didn't do this as a kid, but now if I have a chili dog, I'm putting pickled jalapenos on there yeah. too. Did you have any pickled yes, jalapenos? I had pickled jalapenos God. last night. Hey, this guy. <laughs> that's my core dog. He. There are a lot of people who answered. By the way, ground beef with potatoes, tuna casserole. Uh, fried spam and taters, oh, wow. tuna fish sandwiches with ruffles. I, I definitely remember. Go ahead. I haven't had tuna helper in forever, but I liked that as a kid. I can't remember the last time because my wife is like, there's no way I'm eating hot tuna fish and macaroni and cheese. But I'm like, it's really good. <laughs> Somebody said uh, uh, on Twitter, Wiley Potato. Uh, Colby said mom's stewed potatoes with fried salt oh, yeah. pork on the side. Uh, and then there were definitely chili dogs with sauerkraut. Some people said yeah, cheese linguine, sloppy joes. I had sloppy joes as a kid. Like like I said, every two weeks Throw we had that in the rotation, and I miss sloppy joes. They're <sighs> easy to make. Yes, and they taste good too. Mm-hmm. Somebody said hot dog and baked beans. Mine was cut up bits of hot dog in ramen. Oh. My grandmother made that. I'm sure it cost you know 14 cents to make. Thought it was freaking amazing. We're the KNC masterpiece right it's here. It's called Beanie Weenies, the ones you get in the yes. with the beans. Yes, that is correct. Those are good. Coming up next, your second helping of Forgiveness Friday and also Masterpiece of the Week. Woo! It is a jam-packed segment. It's coming at you next. Congratulations right here on The Fan.
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105 Through the Fan. Very important programming note for everyone listening right now, especially if you have children in the car. In Arizona next week. Mike trying to break down a joke we told about fish and fish products has created a lot of hilarity in this room. So I don't know what's going to happen fish in, sticks. in this segment. Yes. Fish do you sticks. like fish sticks? Do you like fish sticks? I do. I'm making I'm not gonna fish tacos joke tonight. Is All right. I'm trying to do the Catholic thing, even That's though right. I'd say I'm not no Catholic anymore, is I'm not meeting it. A little bit more Forgiveness Friday, because we got caught up with some really interesting stuff from earlier. Do you want... The super serious and not fun, the kind of ridiculous, kind of serious. We have two minutes till we get to ridiculous and fun, so if you want to get serious for one more minute today, you can. All right, let's go with Matt Barnes. Matt Barnes out as the San Francisco Kings analyst because he had decided to start some S with a, a ref, or excuse me, not a referee, an announcer at a high school basketball game. So this has made the rounds, and this is why he was briefly taken off the Sacramento Kings broadcast. And then Matt Barnes tweeted out to somebody, quote, shut your ass off. But I was talking to the ref, not you or that kid that decided to go say some slick ass. Don't let that privileged ass go to your head. I don't give an F who your son is. To which the response was, Caught in 4K, buddy, at which there are numerous videos of him going up there and putting his arm on the shoulder, putting his hand on the shoulder of this kid and just browbeating him down. Was it Derek Fisher's about, kid? About, I don't. Easy. Easy. Those pop so, back up. But he there, told the whole story. There yeah. are multiple angles of this as well because somebody at the table Decided to go ahead and take a video while it was happening, and he's like right in his face. And so, whoops, he can I, ask for forgiveness, but he got canned on the way. I didn't know he was the Sacramento Kings analyst, yeah, one of their broadcasters. Okay, yeah, I used to hate him. Well, I did too. And I think since all the smoke podcast has come out, I like I enjoy a little bit. I'm I'm a little le- more lenient than I used to be on him because I used to, he was a Mav killer, dude. He would get under Mav's players' skin and all sorts of stuff. Wasn't he on the Golden State team that upset yep. us? Yes, he was. Yeah. Yes, he was. And then does Major League Baseball 
need forgiveness for their new uniforms designed by yeah. Nike and produced by Fanatics. They they look horrible. I don't say they look horrible, but they look a lot cheaper than what they used to make. And they're also see-through. And that's going to be problematic is multiple people have posted pictures from these media days and everything like that. Or if you see a player like try to bend down and get a ball and you're like, man, that outline is really prominent. And man, your your uh, pants are see-through and they got all kinds of problems with this. And plus people yeah, think I, they look cheap. They, they do look cheaper. I won't say cheap, but I would say this, man, it's almost like you better get a 2023 jersey yeah, uh, because they just look more professional. These look more, I, I hate saying this because I, I want to like them, but they look more like you went to like a local store and just said, hey, make the knockoff one yes. for 20 bucks. My kid's t-ball team. Needs- yeah. Yes. Like, and, and you're just like, why did you guys do this? Like, it, it can't, I understand they're probably making them cheaper to lower the cost but dude those jerseys probably only cost $25 to make it most and you sell them at the team shop for $189 like you're making a good profit did you need to now make them for $12 yeah I I don't know I I don't know why they went to such a cheaper product back when I played they were a certain material um that they were fine. I had no problem with them. It wasn't like I was wearing wool or anything like that. Yeah, well, you like go that. back to the all wool. But then they made them even thinner and better. That was in 2008, I know the years, when they started making a really, that thinner, cool base material. Yeah. That was majestic, and everybody was starting to do that. But now it looks like I, I want to kind of feel the jersey now to see, like, is it is it even better? Like, because I don't think the players are happy with them. The players have said that? they're not yeah. good. Are you gonna Are you gonna walk into the clubhouse yeah. and just walk into somebody's locker, or are you gonna yeah. walk up to a player and be like, "Can I touch?" Yeah, your, especially your... when they're totally nude and be like, "Hey, since you don't have your jersey on yet, can I touch your jersey? Can I touch your jersey? What if that when they're wearing their jersey, we'd be like, "Can I Can I feel your jersey?" Well, they'd be like, "That's weird, Mike." I'll I'll we should ask some of the players: Is this better, worse, the same? Do you care? That's fair. That part is fair. Are the you, rest, I don't know. What's your problem, dude? We have done a great job of not ticking you off today. That's true. We've, I think they're iron-on. I, I believe this. They used to be sewn-on numbers mm. and names. I think they're all iron-on now. We're the KNC Masterpiece, and now it's time for Masterpiece of the Week. Kevin Sup, didn't guys? crap about your iron-on story at all. We needed to get to this. Fine. Exactly. Happy Friday, guys. All right. Bring it strong, Chris. This is Masterpiece of the Week. Shout out Alec, as always, for getting clips from earlier in the week. We do this every Friday at 1.30, and you can watch it back on YouTube every Sunday. Who do we want to pick on first? Kevin's the wacky guy of the show. Kevin, that, did what? you say every Sunday you can watch it back on YouTube? That's you can't. I don't think I knew that. That's awesome. Dude, shout out to the Tolos, the Twolos that already watch over there. Kevin, I will pick on you first. This was pretty crazy from Wednesday. The Coxman. Coxman. He says, stroke, stroke. That's when you're in a boat or something. Yeah. You, said that. you hope. A rowboat. Look, because and we had a conversation. Jimmy Graham. Yeah. You don't have to say it in a motorboat because the motor does yeah, it. Yeah, it's like. And then what happens? I, you pull up and dock somewhere? Yeah, it just goes where you want. You just have to guide it with your hand. 
Or your yeah. Yeah, you drop nope, your anchor. Nope. And... Nope. Next one. I'll mark that too. And Mike, <laughs> you said some crazy stuff this week. I can't believe you said this one on air. I've never b***ed my car. <clears throat> like with the wax and everything. Yeah. Hold on, play that one more time. How did you do that? I've never b***ed my car. Like, with the wax and everything. Yeah. <laughs> Corey supports. I didn't say a cuss word. I don't know. The version I heard sounds yeah, like Why would they have bleeped it out if there wasn't a cuss All right, word? So my there? leader thus far is Mike I found out my guy car. Ellis Valentine details cars. That's awesome, Ellis. <laughs> so, I want to say, if I, I want to do that to a car, Ellis is my guy. Did you know when I was at the video store, I worked with a person who wanted to know what it would be like if he, let's just say, got romantically entangled with the tailpipe? Yeah, that guy needs to go to therapy. It did. He was also like 18, and it just didn't go super well. Mike, you also invented a new magazine this week. I don't know. He did a whole national geography thing on Montana. Sounded. I got it really close. You did. You did. I got it really close. Ian Ick is close. <laughs> Corey, right? I'm, I'm swapping over to you here. Oh, there's a long history of our listeners knowing the street value of drugs. That's true. That is a fact. You should not be embarrassed by that because <laughs> when we ask for, well, y'all ask for opinions about the price of crack. My God, there were so many I, responses. We would be like the episode of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. If three of us were in the car in Surprise, Arizona, and we found a crack dealer, yeah. we would have, if they said it's $5 or $5,000, we'd be like, give us I the crack. Yeah, I don't know. I don't like, know. I have no clue. The first thing I'd do is call in uh, to the station, go on air and say, hey, how much is it? And just wait for the fan text. And to then you'd know, you'd be like, you're jipping me off, man. I got a lot of people here. Telling me how much it is. I don't think you're supposed to say that word Rip. anymore. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I didn't know. I apologize for saying a word I didn't know. Is a is it a bad word? I think it's just the way you said it. Oh. It's we all could, good, We Mike. definitely bleep part of it. Okay. It oh, like true. It'll sound even worse. <laughs> okay. Mike, this is a crazy prompt for the truckwreck.com text line. All right. We got to go to break. Text in how much crack cost on the street. <laughs> And you know what's crazy? We got Multiple it. people were like, all right, if we're doing this, this is, I was like, no, no. We did it, But though. did people give valid answers? Oh, they did. Because sure. were we they learned. similar? We're like, they're, they have to be right. They're all around the same price. Yeah. Yeah, that is, that is. there were a lot of people that were that had accurate prices. Kevin, I feel pretty confident that if I need to go out there all in right, the streets. My next question, people that have smoked crack, can you tell the difference between good crack and bad crack? Like after it's done, are you like, oh man, that wasn't as good. They did something this wrong to really it. It's a really good flavor. Yeah, it's yeah. more spicy on the front notes. Yeah, too much sugar in this one. I don't know. From the 214, sugar. where will y'all be set up during your program from spring training and surprise? We're usually up. The hotel in room. the booth. Yeah, we're, in the, we're up where the radio and TV broadcast would happen. But if you're going to be out there, let us know, because we can definitely, like, hang out and come see and stuff like that. Back to you. True. I'll stick with Mike here. Mike, you know a lot about female anatomy. They have eggs inside of them, and they have cycles <laughs> that we don't have, I don't they think. Have- <laughs> Man, now I really wanted to know what Corey's follow-up question was because he was on the ball. They have all for their that eggs, is what question. I said. Oh, they okay. have all of them went for, at birth. That was something that, that we learned. That is crazy. Can you oh, imagine man. if you carried all of your part, your thing? The okay, if you had because there's millions, right? In like, no, 
not eggs. There's actually a lot less than that. Is when we were doing an egg transfer, I I thought it was going to be, I don't know what I thought, but they had like this tiny little tube, like even smaller than a straw. And then they were like putting things in there. I don't know what I thought it was going to be. But it was amazing the precision in which they I did thought it they'd be like softball size things, you know. Yeah, like how do they carry that in their stomach? Corey would have accidentally videoed it when he was talking about his wife's birth. Yeah, was, no, it was a video, but it was pictures. I guess giving birth. You weren't there for your wife's birth. That would have been weird. That would be weird. That would be so. Oh weird. my gosh! <laughs> Stop! I'm sure Stop. Whatever some, you're gonna say, there's don't a relationship say it. Don't out say there it. somewhere, right? Don't there's, there's say a few it. relationships out there somewhere. <laughs> Probably. I mean, he was on Friends with Tom Selleck and, yeah. and Monica. They were, he was dad's best friend. Probably. Hey, if you're at the birth of somebody, don't eventually date that person. What it, that should be a rule. What if it's love, Kevin? You can't stop no, love, bro. Yeah, you can. <laughs> Speaking of love, maybe the first lovers were these two right here. Nine. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Adam and Eve. Now I gotta push this head through a spot that it is not big enough for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the punishment for taking the apple. I got just a fruit. Goes, we don't know if it's I have some Eve questions. <laughs> Give it. Where is she now? What? What's she doing? What's she up to now? Well, God knows. Uh-huh. We don't get. To, we don't know that on Earth. Like, is she is she celebrating with everyone? Is she like, what's going on there? It's a great question. I think it's a valid question. What's the punishment, Kevin. I would. My answer would be, we don't know. Yes, I'll I'll say with the punishment was you can't be in this garden anymore. It never said that she couldn't go to heaven. True. So. That's true. That's true. I'm just wondering, like, does everybody that shows up at heaven are they like? Oh, there's Eve. I don't know yeah. if you have Thanks that. Thanks a lot. That's what you did to my thing down there. Yeah. I don't know if you're Everything cognizant would be awesome. of, that guy's here? Everything Bull would be crap. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a, it is eternity. If you make it to the same place, is that one of, like, at what point, in your number of questions, at what point you're like, where's Adam and Eve? Yeah, I yeah. always wanted to see them. They're the originals. I, I would. That'd be cool. Kevin, I'll, I'll go back to you. Kevin, you have a journalism degree, right? Yes. It's pretty crazy for Corey to ask this question then. Kevin, I know you're right now. You're dealing with learning to read. Uh, <laughs> I know how to read. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad I knew well enough to answer that question. No, you're dealing with no learning. Baby Noah, not even close to learning Man. how to read. One last one to bring it up the rear. I say that every week. Ooh. Here's Mike and Corey. Big thighs. <laughs> Huge thighs, meaty thighs. He does. He has meaty thighs. Meaty. That's that wrestler that stomps when he hits. L.A. Knight. Yeah. Also, I have a bone to pick with this masterpiece of the week. I believe I recall last week you said something that oh, we told you to mark. Last time I marked something that I said, like it didn't work well because it was just my voice and then my voice again. So oh. I was like, uh, maybe not this week. I <laughs> am gonna vote. For Mike giving us a breakdown of the Genesis times and Adam and Eve. Nice. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Adam and Eve. Now I got to push this head through a spot that it is not big enough for. <laughs> Corey, what's your pick? Dude, I forgot to write any down, so I'm gonna oh, go with no. I'm gonna go with Mike going into break about crack. Ooh, that's a good. All right, we got to go to break. Text in how much crack cost on the street.
I you like know that what? he says on the street. Maybe. <laughs> Chris, maybe you can. Well, I don't think it's at the drugstore. I don't think you can go to CVS. No, I agree with that. So, Chris, I'm going to put a little pressure on you. Okay. I don't think I've ever teased going to break better than that, like more concise. Like that was a that was the exact way to tease something. That right had there. nothing to do with our next topic. Right. So I'm voting for that because that's unique. I've okay. said a lot of crazy things that might be similar. That one was different. I'm voting for this one too because we actually did send it to break after you sent uh, said this. So masterpiece of the week winner right here. All right, we got to go to break. Text in how much crack cost on the street. So stupid. And then, and then we yo, just hit commercial. Ladies Chris, and you deserve a lot of credit yes, for that. Yes, he does. That's right. He that did. He nailed awesome. it. You're Let's good at this go. job now. It was like, Jump for joy. <laughs> Coming up next, we will chit chat with those fellas from the G Bag Nation right here on 105 Through the Fan. KNC Masterpiece back here on 105 Through the Fan. We got a lot of great suggestions today for the program. One of them was. Can y'all have a full segment each week where you ask funny Bible questions to each other? Like when Corey just said, what's Eve up to right now? Just always kind of wondered, you know, and she let in the club. That's and another question uh, or another suggestion that we have a halftime and let people ask us questions about the segments that have already happened or give us suggestions for the rest of the show. And I think that is a great idea. Where is that? Twelve twenty? You want to do that at twelve twenty? We do the twelve o'clock during the rush hour. Yeah, we we could absolutely. We could get on one of those things where they pay us money after the show to ask us anything or something. Cameo. I don't know. People do like oh, like my buddy does a New so. York Knicks post game show on uh-huh. YouTube, and people pay money to make sure that their thing is on YouTube, and then he answers their question. Other people are asking questions for free, and he doesn't answer them. He waits till somebody gives him like oh, $4 and then he answers the question. That's awesome. <laughs> right? That's how people make money on post game shows that is how on the YouTube. Do it, you yes. sit there, you stare into the screen, you stare into the camera. And well, you're you talking, just... but if somebody really wants their question yeah. answered, they pay money to get it answered. It's awesome. Now, the voices and laughter you hear right there is DM Leasing brings you our chit chat with those fellas from the G Bag Nation, gentlemen. How is you today? Doing awesome, Heggy. How are you? I am doing excellent, and I want to start with Woolchuck if we can and see how y'all feel because he came rolling in here, and what was your Mavericks proclamation? The Dallas Mavericks will be your Western Conference champions. Whoa! uh, This team is going to win the West if they can stay healthy. I don't see anybody beating them in a seven-game series. That includes Denver. I understand Nikola Jokic is an absolute beast, and he is difficult to handle. But I think the Mavericks have now the depth, uh, the rotational pieces. You don't have to just go ahead and have Kyrie and Luka playing 40 minutes every night. Their weaknesses are now strengths when it comes to rebounding and being able to play defense. Luka is engaged. He's talking about it in postgame, about the defense and how important it is for the team. They they, They come out and do not get off to a good start. They're trying to cut no. into Phoenix's lead. Eventually, they end up winning that thing handedly in the fourth quarter. Luka goes out of the game with foul trouble. What's Kyrie do? I got this. I'll go score three straight times on three straight possessions. I mean, to me, I don't see a whole lot of weaknesses on this team. 
I think they might be the deepest now outside of the Clippers in the Western Conference. And it, it's all health, right? You have to stay healthy. And that's been an issue for this team. But now, without Derek Lively in the lineup, you're thinking this is an L. You got Gafford. Hell, you don't have to play Dwight Powell ever again. He can be your new victory nope. formation now, Mike. That's when we can see Dwight Powell. You're up by 20 points in the fourth quarter. Send him out there. I am very, very stoked about our Dallas Mavericks. And uh, I think they're looking like they're going to the NBA Finals so they can stay healthy. Gavin knows this because of Red Arbach. The guy who comes off the bench when the game's over is the human cigar. <laughs> yeah. So we have now turned. He's great. He's a great teammate. He'll work hard in practice. He'll cheer on the team. But now we've turned Dwight Powell into the role he should be, the human cigar. And I wanted to throw this out there about Jokic. Is I totally am on board with all of those points. Is Did you see last night? 21 points, 19 rebounds, 15 assists, and 10 for 10 from the field. Is He joins Westbrook and LeBron as the only players to record a triple-double against every team they've ever played. He's Look, and I think that's advantage Denver. They will have the best player on the court. And when that yeah. series comes to sure. pass, however, when you're talking about the health and the depth, clearly health is something that Denver struggles with as well is I'm intrigued by your point, Eric Dawson, where do you guys fall with that? Well, okay. So I, I think Denver established itself last year is pretty dang good, but sure. I don't know if they've, pl- they, they played a team last year as good as what the Mavs will be this year, at least until they got to the finals. Um, so I, I do like uh, a lot of what Wolchuk said. I, I would, I would hesitate still to pick them to get over on Denver, although Kyrie Irving's championship experience and Luca maybe being the most unguardable player in the league right now is, you know, making me think like, yeah, but you know, still at the same time, I could see them losing a series to Minnesota, OKC and, and probably the Clippers as well. So, you know, I see is that them- it. Is that the list though? I think so. Okay. You know, and I I see, um, so I see the Mavs in a group of teams trying to challenge Denver, and maybe they have the best chance of beating the Nuggets at this point. Yeah, they got the recipe. Uh, I think this is very, very exciting uh, coming down the stretch here. This is going to be a ton of fun. Um, I don't know that I'm willing to go balls to the wall like Walchuk just did, putting them in the finals today, but I think they are one of four or five teams in the West that legitimately have that. And so I, I'm I'm very excited about where this thing is headed right now. And if it all plays out like that, or anything near like that, props to Nico and the organization for moves that I remember vividly. We were excited, but there were lots of people going, who the hell are these jabronis? And you're like, they fit very well with this team. You just wait and see. What do you guys got coming up on the program today? Pure gold as always. We are going to have Tim Cato of The Athletic on at 4 o'clock for his thoughts on wh- where the Mavs now sit in the pecking order. I'm going to get a a, a, a championship wager in uh, online here okay. uh, before we go any further. I'll tell you that much because I like where the odds sit right now. My uh, take was I should have bet on Luka for MVP when we were in Vegas, but I didn't know that we are getting P.J. Washington and Daniel Gafford, but I think – I think he has a good chance now to win the MVP at the end of the year. Yeah. He's third in the betting odds, and he's moving up. I think he was fifth when we were at the Super Bowl. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Roll home with the G-Bag Nation. Come back with us on Monday. Both of our shows will be live from Surprise for Texas Rangers spring training right here on 105.3 The Fan. Say goodbye to the studio, Kevin. Goodbye, studio. Now, with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. 
Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade used with permission.